Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abide Bible Club podcast. Each month, brothers and sisters in Christ will share how they abide in the Lord and remain in the truth of God's Word amidst life's many challenges and circumstances. We pray it encourages you as you listen alongside your family in the hopes that conversations would open up in your home. My name is Mari, and today's guest is Laura Booz. But before I formally introduce her, I just wanted to ask Laura to pray because we'll be talking about motherhood and biblical womanhood. And some people out there, probably many, the definition of motherhood looks different. We can rejoice with those who rejoice and that the world of social media likes to do that. But we also need to weep with those who weep, um, especially with Mother's Day coming up and um, the topic we're speaking on today. So sorry, that's a lot, but I would love for you Mm -hmm. to pray, Laura, for that. Yes, I would love to. Heavenly Father, uh, you are the great life giver, and we are grateful. We praise you for your design of motherhood and for choosing mere humans to bear this life into the world, um, real eternal souls that you are loving and working in their lives and um, calling your own and gathering from all over the world. Thank you that you have this beautiful, amazing plan. And Lord, I do lift up women who are joyful in motherhood right now, who are happy about it and love it and feel positive and good about it. Uh, I ask for your blessing on their lives, that they would see your hand in it all and that their joy would overflow. And I also pray for women who feel sorrowful or perplexed um, or disappointed by motherhood in one way or another. And it comes in so many shapes and forms because of our fallen, disappointing, sinful world. We pray that would you please enter into each of our stories where we have heartache concerning motherhood. We open our hands and ask you to please come near. You are near to the brokenhearted. You save those who are crushed in spirit. And when it comes to this important topic of life, um, for it, that touches each of us in, in many ways. We pray that you would heal our broken hearts and you would comfort us uh, and Jesus, that you would send Jesus soon to restore all these broken things um, so that our relationships would be restored and our hearts would be fully happy and holy in you. So I pray for your comfort and wisdom and uh, nearness to each woman who is listening to this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Laura. And uh, so our guest today, thank you for praying, is Laura Mm -hmm. Booz. She is now an author. She just came out with this book that I loved reading called Expect Something Beautiful, Finding God's Good Gifts in Motherhood. It is a good Mother's Day gift uh, to give to your mom. Um, And Laura hopes to inspire women to love God, think biblically, and live vibrantly. She's also a team member with Revive Our Hearts, and she also has her own podcast called Expect Something Beautiful. So we're glad you're here. I am glad to be here. (laughs) So I wanted you to be able to introduce yourself and tell us about your family and your life. Yes. Well, um, I, my husband, Ryan and I have six children and we're amazed. (laughs) We're just amazed by everything that the Lord has done in our marriage and, um, 
in parenting, just we feel so blessed by God, by people that are in our lives, you know, sitting around our kitchen table and doing all the things, but also by his kindness and his own friendship through all of this, good times and difficult times, um, the daily grind, and then the, you know, mountaintop experiences. God has been so good to us through like the, the consistency and reliability of his word and filling us with his Holy Spirit and his enabling grace to do the work we have to do from day to day, um, his forgiveness through Christ. So uh, we just overflow with gratitude to the Lord. Mm. And um, we live in the middle of Pennsylvania um, and we have some chickens. My husband keeps bees. He's also like a computer genius who does things for his company that I just don't even understand (laughs) when he talks about it and I support him. Um, and yeah, he's so smart and, uh, I admire his, his work so much. Um, the lion's share of my time is, is invested in homeschooling my children. I've homeschooled them from the very beginning. Um, in fact, I, as a child felt called to homeschool one day. Um, and I have seen the Lord kind of like guide me along and give me what I need to do this good work. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy, but I definitely see his hand in it. And on days when I feel like giving up, um, I remember the, the, just like the power of that call and how he's prepared me for this good work and opened the door for me to do it. So really that's like most of my time and attention. Then I do love to write and teach and record podcasts on the side uh, when the Lord opens the door and everything kind of aligns. My family's so supportive and wonderful to help me out in whenever I need to, you know, do a little project here or there. So I am. Um, that's, that's what comes to mind to share off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you, what are some of your role models in the Bible, men or women, that you look up mm-hmm. to? Jesus. Probably. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say other than Jesus. Best. But <laughs> <laughs> he's so wonderful. Oh my goodness. When I look at his amazing way of loving and serving his disciples, of mm-hmm. loving and serving us, mm-hmm. um, I love the the truth that he teaches. I love his parables and what we can learn from them Mm -hmm. and how we like still see them in action today. You know, like his parables about like the seed must go down into the soil and die in order for life to come forth. That's how we understand his death and burial and resurrection and the life that he brought for mankind. And it's how we understand our lives as Christians, Mm -hmm. our call to like come and die so that Christ can live through us So every springtime when we plant seeds in our garden, that's what we're seeing over and over again. I just love that he like gave us these words of life that we can kind of see and touch and feel in our own lives. Um, Oh, I just, I love his compassionate heart. I love how he obeyed God and clung to the truth. Mm -hmm. I love how he said, not my will, but thine be done when he really wanted things to go a different way mm-hmm. um, and how he surrendered to his heavenly father for the good of mankind. Uh, he's just the best, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the character traits from maybe the women in the Bible that you want to take on? And I'm sure all of them, <laughs> but uh, for you, what would you say? Yeah. The um, our, our season of infertility, when we were 
asking the Lord for a baby and waiting on him and waiting on him, I dug deep into Hannah's story. Uh, she's a woman who also struggled with infertility and felt the grief of it and um, just prayed so fervently to the Lord, asking him for the gift of a child. And the Lord heard her prayer and he granted her request. So I clung to her story, um, knowing that that was her story, not mine. Um, and just because it happened for her didn't mean it was going to happen for me, but it pointed me to Hannah's God. And it showed me that I could come to him with any request as raw and as vulnerable as it would feel. Um, this thing that I could not control myself and keep coming back to my heavenly father with open hands and a pleading heart and waiting on him. Um, I, I just, I really found a lot of hope in her story. Um, and also how she comes back around and praises the Lord after he has granted her request. Mm -hmm. She has a second prayer. A lot of times we focus in on her first prayer where she was asking the Lord for a baby, but -hmm. then there is another prayer where she comes back and she, um, just exalts God Mm -hmm. and his sovereignty and, uh, who we are as his people. So, um, Hannah is one mother that I really, she's just been such a wonderful witness for me over the years. And also Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my goodness. I love her story. I love how the most important thing to her about pregnancy and motherhood was that Jesus, the Messiah was coming to save mankind, mm-hmm. including her. Like she just right from the beginning saw the grace of God in all yeah. of this. And then she had Jesus <laughs> as her Messiah and savior, but also as her son, this very flesh and blood baby. Um, so I just, I love reading every little tidbit about her and I've learned a lot from her over the years. Just recently, actually, I was thinking about her, um, in regard to mom guilt, you know, like there are so many things from day to day that like you can feel so guilty about, like I, Mm. I, I'm too much when it comes to my children or I'm not enough when it comes to my children or, mm. you know, and, and it suddenly becomes this rush of shame and you're letting them down and you're ruining their lives. And I love that story about when Mary literally forgot or not forgot, but didn't realize that her son or 12 year old son was not with them for a full day's travel from Jerusalem home a full day. Yeah. And you feel like, wow, didn't she lay in bed and beat herself up about that? (laughs) Big parenting oversight. This is not just forgetting to send the extra snack to preschool. Like this is like huge parenting oversight. One of like, I can relate to this caliber of parenting oversight, but it's a big one, but she did not. Well, scripture does not record her vexing about it and shaming herself and being like, Oh, how could I am ruining his life. Instead they go, they do the hard work. They find him thankfully in the temple Mm-hmm. And she hides, and he says, this is my father's house. Mm-hmm. And she hides all that in her heart. And this is a treasure to her. She cherishes mm-hmm. what she has learned about God's good heart for her son. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, I feel like, okay, at any time I'm stuck in that mom guilt cycle, being like, oh, I should have done this differently. Um, I instead need to replace it with take the I should have, I should, and replace it with I am 
Like mm. I am a child of God. I am chosen by God. I am equipped by God to do this work. I'm forgiven by God. And mm. he is holding my child in his arms and mm. well is so capable <laughs> and <laughs> taking care of every little detail. Mm. So what do you enjoy most about being a homeschool mom? And why did you choose that route um, of education for your family? Both my husband and I are unified in believing this is what the Lord is calling us to. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is the time that we are together. I just love that togetherness. Mm -hmm. I love my, so my, my kids joke with me. I say that my love language is the warmth of human kindness. Uh, <laughs> and I, love, I love the warmth of human kindness. I don't know. It just, <laughs> there's just something about like that relationship and the connection and the laughing together and the getting through the hard times when, you know, one person just feels so irritable mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, we know, you know, we have felt that way too. Let's give you your space or some of my, some people in my family like, like, no, come in closer. <laughs> So Mm -hmm. we are figuring, I love learning about how God has made each one of us. Mm -hmm. I love learning about the Lord together, you know, that Mm -hmm. I have that time through the day Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of see what is needed when it's needed Mm -hmm. um, and like kind of be tuned into the Holy Spirit. Not that I always am, but I do love the times when I see a child in need of some nugget of truth or Mm -hmm. some good counsel from God's word or comfort from the Holy spirit. And I can be there in that moment Mm -hmm. to, to give that to them. I love that. Um, I love that we read a lot of the same books together. I do a lot of reading aloud Mm -hmm. and then we share the same people in common, you know, the same (laughs) characters, the same Mm -hmm. highs and lows. And we're crying at the same parts and laughing at the same parts and quoting those books over time. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like that is a treasure to me. I love that I can hug them through the day, like the Mm -hmm. actual physical, physical connection. Yeah. Um, that is, I think really powerful. Yes. Uh, I think even science is coming around and talking about like the eight second mental health hug. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of what science finds out, I just think it's good for my mm-hmm. kids. You know, it's like have me tussle their hair or put my arm around their back or rub their rub their shoulder or just, you know, be for that, be there for them in a physical way through the day. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the highlights for me of yeah. homeschooling. Yeah. I feel like the world wants to separate and its goal is to divide the family and the way that God designed it. So that's really cool that you are fighting against those uh, tidal waves of the world and society. What values and principles do you implement into your children? There's a, a, one of Jesus's parables is about soil, different types of soil and how the seed of his word goes into that soil and is either fruitful and productive or not in some way or another, like thorny soil, it gets choked out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he talks about good soil where the seed does go down and bear fruit over time is a person who has a good and honest heart Mm -hmm. and they, they receive that good seed. So I would say um, those are some qualities that I pray for and encourage in my children. Mm -hmm. I can't, make that happen. (laughs) I cannot, (laughs) I can't, um, but God alone can. Mm. And then my, I know that God works through us in some beautiful, mysterious way. Mm. 
to encourage our children in those ways. So I try to read books that would encourage that in them um, and look for that in their lives and speak life about it and spur them on when I see them have a soft heart, a warm heart toward the Lord, Mm -hmm. towards the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I try to identify that for them so they know like that's good soil, you know, like you want more of that, stir that up. That's um, really good and beautiful because that's all you need. You know, (laughs) if you have a heart where God can put his word into your heart and fruit will grow, like you're set, (laughs) you're set for life. Um, So I pray for him for that beautiful miracle to happen in there. I pray for them that that would happen. Mm -hmm. And then I try to spur that on. Um, Kindness is very important to me. So Mm -hmm. through the whole day, I find myself, you know, trying to be kind, asking the Lord for his grace to be kind myself, Mm -hmm. and then also helping my children grow in that. Um, Faithfulness is important, you know, that they would work faithfully Mm -hmm. unto the Lord, not unto man. Uh, And it's funny because any of these things that the Lord gives us to instill in our children um, it really doesn't go down well when we like make the list and teach with a, you know, like a hard hand. It never does. <laughs> they, I mean, they might do X, Y, Z just, you know, out of like fear, but as far as like that, that good soil being stirred up in them, um, it takes a lot of like our own heart being warm to the Lord and asking him like, okay, how do I get through to this child? How do I nurture them best? You know, they really are like plants that we have to handle gently and carefully and season upon season, things change and their needs change according to how God made them and their surroundings. So like, I'm just, I'm just kind of rambling, Mari, but you're good. um, Yeah. So those are some things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I love them to have a love of learning. Mm. So I do everything in my power that I can to not squelch it. I think they naturally (laughs) have a love of learning. And so there are certain choices that I've made on purpose so that I don't um, discourage them. Mm. And now that I have, my my oldest is going to be a senior next year. Mm. So now that I have like a little more time under my belt, I've just started sharing some things that I think I've done over time that I'm glad I did in this regard. And one is, and I know everyone has different philosophies. you got to do what the Lord leads you to do um, and the wisdom that he gives you for your own mm-hmm. children. I really mean that. But what has worked for me is, first of all, I've never tested my children. Mm-hmm. We've never done quizzes. Mm-hmm. We've never done tests. Um, and they love learning. Mm-hmm. They learn the material Um, you know, we have to do evaluations at the end of the year. They have to have their state tests in, I think it's third grade, fifth grade, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. My oldest just took her PSATs and her SATs. So they know how to take tests and they Mm -hmm. actually do well. But I think it's been really great that we have not like done the quizzes and tests all along. Instead, Mm -hmm. we've just like opened the doors to let's just learn this stuff, you know, just create your art. I'm not going to give you an A, B or a C on your pastel drawing. (laughs) Love it. Like, you know, like learn and grow and keep on developing. So, um, I think that's been really good. So I'm just 
passing that along if that's helpful to anybody. I'm excited to like learn from their eyes, you know, cause you kind of relearn everything a little bit. So that'll be interesting oh, yeah. uh, for sure. Right. When people ask why I homeschool, mm-hmm. I jokingly say this, but it's kind of true that I am hoping my children have a pleasant enough experience so that someday they homeschool their children and actually get an education. <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like I have finally gotten an education. <laughs> by homeschooling, you know, even having gone through school, having gone through, um, undergrad, got my master's, but I still feel like I've learned more by homeschooling Mm -hmm. than in any other context. So it's been a blessing to me. Mm -hmm. My sister's-in-law, um, Lydia and Tori had a couple, or they each had a question, um, that kind of go together, I believe. But Lydia asked, is motherhood compared to a 24 seven job? How do you handle it when you're completely worn out? And then Tori asked, how do you determine how busy to be as a mother? So I felt like they kind of go hand in hand and I'm sure all the moms are laughing because it's probably, (laughs) yeah, it's a full-time job. Um, but how would you answer their question? I think, that perspective really matters. And it is one of the reasons why I wrote my book is because you could look at motherhood from any angle and kind of see what you expect to see. You could expect to see a 24-7 job, you know, where you are just slaving away and serving, 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 except not getting paid, not getting pat on the back or anything like that. Um, or you could see it a multitude of different ways. Uh, you could see it as it's a relationship with a person who's been handpicked by God for you to love and to be loved by. So um, that's so different than a job. You know, that's like, that's just your heart's in it and you've got to strategize in a whole different way of how to walk alongside this other eternal soul, this other human being, um, and encourage them, help them meet their physical needs. Um, and of course, uh, for so many people, your heart is invested in such different and more complex ways than it ever would be in like a, a job job, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's so different. Um, and the Lord is in it in a whole different way and leading us along. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what comes to mind is to look for the relationship aspect of it and expect it to be that. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes it does feel like you're serving around the clock, but then other times you're, you're just kind of coasting along and you feel like, wow, this is a wonderful, pleasant season (laughs) where my child can go to the bathroom by themselves and wash their own clothes and, you know, read their own books. And now we're engaging in wonderful conversation together. And suddenly it doesn't feel like a job at all, but like a gift and, uh, like how this come my way, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, they're doing your laundry for you and by your bedside when you're old. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I guess it's just, such a beautiful, complex, ongoing relationship. How do you handle it when you're completely worn out? Uh, you rest <laughs> if you possibly can somehow. You really, yes, 
Listen, the little old ladies say this. They say, sleep when the baby sleeps or you'll cry when the baby cries, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone says like, get your rest, get your rest, get your rest. They say it because they're right. And we resist it and say, but it's so hard. I can't figure it out. And it is hard. It's like super hard. But what they're saying, I think, is like, remember that you are made from dust and you are just a human being. And the sooner we can be humble about that and say, okay, so my first priority is making sure that my child is well and safe, Mm -hmm. but then I really have to make sure that I too am healthy and rested. Mm -hmm. Um, So to do what it takes to make that happen, and it could be sacrificing other things that you feel like, but those things really make me happy or those things have a certain pay off too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might, but we're adults now and it's important to say, okay, amongst all of these things, what is most, most, most important? And in any given season, if it's only taking care of my husband, my little baby, and then resting, that's the season you are in. And you won't be in that season forever. Probably <laughs> you will emerge and all of a sudden you'll have big bursts of energy and uh, you'll be able to sign up to do this or that and contribute in a different way. Mm-hmm. But believe me that when you are just caring for your little baby, you are contributing in a very significant way. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, Mari, the times I say to moms and they are surprised by this, that, you know, when Jesus says, this is what the end times is going to be like, he's going to gather all the people from all the nations and separate them like a shepherd separates goats from sheep. Mm-hmm. And to the sheep, he's going to say, you are blessed. Come into my kingdom because when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a prisoner, you visited me, so on and so forth. And the sheep are going to be like, what? When did we do this? And he's going to say, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. Mm. And so I would like to ask any mom who is listening, do you remember the time when you held your child for the first time and you looked in their face and saw them? Oh, it's been you all this time, right? That their face, you were welcoming a stranger into your life. And when you fed your child today, you were feeding the hungry and when you fed their when you filled their cup with water you were giving the thirsty something to drink mm. and when you wiped their nose and snuggled them close and comforted them when they were sick you were visiting the sick mm. and when you sat by their side and reminded them of the grace of god through jesus christ our savior you were showing a prisoner the open door mm. and you know that jesus said as much as you've done to the least of these my brothers you've done it for me so that work that you are doing in your little home with the, in, just in the privacy of your little walls and your little person, whoever they may be and whatever their needs may be and however much it, it may be taking from you during this season, remember that Jesus himself is first of all with you and giving you the enabling grace to do that work, but then he's showing up right there and taking every act of your love and service personally. So what you're doing is very profound. And for you to be able to rest at the end of the day or throughout the day, whenever it can come by, 
that is very important Mm. to do. Yeah. You're raising disciples as Jesus Mm. said too. You're fulfilling that command in your own home. And I guess that answers the question also, how do you determine how busy to be as a mother? Like you said, with right now, you know, you're not speaking as much, you know, because God has called you to be here in your home. And Mm -hmm. so I guess it just determines what you think after listening to what Laura just said, you know, what is more important to you? Another question we received after recording was, what do I do when my teenage girl has mood swings? This is what Laura said. Here's what comes to mind. Good question. First, pray. Our prayers for our children are powerful. Pray through your own responses to her and your desires for her. Find key passages from the Bible to pray for her. You will be so blessed to see God work in her life over time. Ask God for wisdom about how to respond. He promises to give us wisdom. Remember that you were a teenager once too. Remember what would have helped you. Communicate your love in her love language. Don't go on the mood swing with her. Just be a reliable support for her as she navigates a very challenging season of life. Help her make healthy choices to navigate her moods. For example, sleep, exercise, nutrition, good friends, etc. And gently enforce boundaries for mood swings. For example, in our family, we don't slam doors. We don't insult one another. The next question, what does family worship look like in your home? That's such a good question. Um, it has always been different than what I thought it would be. <laughs> you know, I so I think things are changing now with like kind of the variety of expectations that people have, um, it, what they would expect it to look like in their homes. But when I was growing up, it kind of, there was just kind of like one vision cast of like mm. the father and the mother sitting down in a living room and having the devotions in the evening. Um, this looks so different in our lives. My husband loves the Lord, but that pattern has never worked for him. But what has worked for him over the years, I have found that the sooner I can get on board with that, the better, like the sooner I can be like, Oh wait, he's praying with the kids before they go to bed. Like that's praying (laughs) the kids before they go to bed. Like I want to be there. Um, that was, you know, when our our older three were little, I remember having to adjust in that way, kind of like buying the devotional books and kind of being like, um, you know, when's this going to start happening? The family (laughs) worship time. And he, you know, he would try, but then he'd be like, honestly, this, this just does not suit me. You know, I, I just can't get this going. But then I would notice he's tucking them in and he's praying for them. And I'm downstairs putting my feet up, you know, like finally I have a little bit of a break. He's tucking the kids in. Mm-hmm. And at some point the Holy Spirit was like, this is what you've been waiting for. Get up there. <laughs> so uh, finally I was like, wait, I want to join you guys. And so I would make sure I was there. Cause I was like, this is the family worship time. Yeah. Um, so I think being, keeping my eyes open to when it's really happening and not forcing it or having like my image of what this is going to be, mm-hmm. um, has been really helpful. Mm. it has, you know, brought more peace and has also helped me to like get on board. Like when my husband is where he is like discipling our children and leading our family, um, in the ways of the Lord, Mm. as soon as I can to be like, Oh yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I want to be in on this. Uh, so it is woven throughout our whole entire homeschooling day. 
Uh, we have a morning time in mm-hmm. which, you know, we memorize scripture together. Uh, we read scripture. Um, mm-hmm. There might be a, a devotional book that we're working through. Um, it's in some of our coursework, you know, we're praying before meals. Uh, it's kind of the Deuteronomy six, mm-hmm. um, idea, I guess, you know, like listening to praise and worship music when we're on the road and mm-hmm. being careful about the podcast that we're listening to, that they, you know, build us up and, um, that we're talking about things of the Lord throughout the day. Um, we're members of a wonderful Bible a faithful Bible preaching church. And that is so huge. I love it. People always say, you know, don't rely on your church to be discipling your children. And that is so true, but (laughs) I can't tell you what a blessing it is to be going to a church that's Mm -hmm. discipling my children Mm -hmm. alongside of me and alongside of my husband. Um, They are getting such wonderful, solid teaching from wonderful Sunday school teachers and youth pastors and um, just members of the congregation, you know, who have loved them and they can just be in relationship with. It's Mm -hmm. just priceless, priceless, the local church. So um, yeah, hopefully that kind of gives you some kind of context for answers. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And for those of you that don't know the Deuteronomy 6 uh, passage that she's referring to, Um, I'll start in verse four. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Now this is the part for families, starting in verse seven. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, so basically all the time. And I was looking up all the time and I was looking in the Greek for, um, the word diligently. And it means like, like sharpening, a a sword or something like always Mm -hmm. like cutting away at it to sharpen it. And it reminded me of how like children are like the arrows being shot and, you know, blessed Mm -hmm. is the man whose quiver is full of them. Um, you know, we're, we're shooting our children into the world and are they, are they sharp? Are they sharpened by, um, the word and are they, you know, grounded in the solid foundation of Christ? So that's what Mm -hmm. she was talking about for those of you that aren't as familiar with, um, that, um, approach to raising a family in the word. I will probably cut us off here because there are much more questions to get into, but we'll do a part two. And so, um, I want to thank Laura for being here, but, uh, for those of you watching or listening, there will be a second part that you can get to. And, um, so be sure to go ahead and do that now.